You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome back. Home stretch. Silver and Black today in Odyssey Original Podcast. Thanks for being with us, Raider Nation. Do us a favor. Make sure you subscribe to the show, whether you're listening or watching on YouTube or wherever you're watching us. We appreciate that. Mo Moten, Scott Branson, back with you as always. We are talking Raiders football. Of course, we are now into week three of the NFL season. The Raiders will be playing at Nissan Stadium in Nashville on Sunday. In is Shout out to Murph. Shout out to the Murph, man. I'm going to try to get down there. It's not looking good. Um, too much stuff going on, man. It's, and it's, it's, it's a Raiders closest game to me here in Ohio. And I'm trying to get down there and I wanted to hang with Murph and do the show down there, but I don't think it's going to happen, but you never know. I might pull a surprise on you. Uh, but yes, Murph will be there. They're doing a great tailgate. Make sure you check out Raiders fan radio, by the way, and Murph called in on the phone. We had to keep him off bridges. Did you hear this Mo? He was driving for a business trip and he's like, I'm trying to find a bridge. I'm like, no, no, don't go near Bridge. And he was hardest I've ever heard him on any player last night, excuse me, on Sunday night, uh, on Derek Carr. Not Murph. Yes, I could not believe it. If you listen back to Sunday's show, you'll hear me. He says it, and there's a pause, and I say, wow, because it was was crazy. But I think it brings up a good point. That's why we're going to talk about Derek Carr uh, in this segment. And this is, I know Mo and I have maybe a little bit of a disagreement on this, not on the one performance. Yes. But overall, I think you got to start looking at some of what we're doing and I am using PFF stats and I know some of you hate PFF stats, but they are directional. I'm not saying they're hundred percent accurate on everything, but they're directional. And so I'm going to use those, but Mo, we look at Derek Carr and his performance. First of all, I want to set the stage here. The Raiders overall 31st in passing in the NFL through two games. Only the bears are worse. Okay, just to put that, they're 25th overall in offense. Defense, by the way, because everybody, oh, defense sucks. It's def- defense is 14th overall. They're fifth against the run. I don't know how that happened, but they are. Or excuse me, ninth against the run. And uh, so that's where the teams rank out. So the Raiders are last in passing. Now, some of that's on coaching. We just talked about Josh McDaniels the last segment. Clearly, the play calling, the creativity, mixing it up, using the run, by the way, when you don't use the run effectively and stick with it when you can, it doesn't free up guys like Devontae Adams because they know what's coming. And like you said, they play that too high safety, which they did, the Cardinals did effectively against Derek Carr. But 
Here's what I want to get to, Mo, and I'm going to start with the first bunch of stats I'm throwing at you. So if numbers bother you, you might want to tune out. No, you'll, you'll be fine. <laughs> um, using PFF stats, overall, the 22 grade for Derek Carr so far, overall, is a 41.5. No, I did not misspeak. 41.5. Passing's 42.3. Um, that's 29th in the NFL overall. So if you look at this, it, it's, it's a question that I want to ask you. And, and we can't read too much into, into these scores, but it's not good. Derek Carr is not off to a good start. We all know that. But here's another interesting thing to talk about when we look at committing to the run. And this, this bolsters the point you've made throughout this show about Josh McDaniels. Derek Carr in play action, so when they run a play action pass, overall is scores 71.5 or 70.3 passing. On non-play action plays, his overall quarterback score is 36.7, okay? Overall, um, he's 34th in the league as far as PFS scores go as a quarterback behind Cooper Rush, behind Baker Mayfield, and behind Jared Goff. So, Mo, Derek Carr overall, um, not all his fault. Some of it's the play calling, but he's not looked himself. I said it at the beginning of the show, physical, mental. I don't know where it is. But what else are you seeing with him that gives you pause? Because he's losing the confidence of fans. If, if he doesn't lose confidence of his team, then that doesn't matter. But it doesn't seem as though he has the grasp on things as he has in the past. It seems like there's been a large amount of regression since the beginning of last season. I briefly mentioned it in, I believe, the first segment. I think part of it is processing. And I believe it was talked about during the Chargers game. I forgot who mentioned it, but they brought this up. And I and I kind of knew this from the, in the back of my head from watching Patriots games is that Josh McDaniels has a pretty, uh, I don't want to call it complicated, complex playbook system. So it, it may take some, now I know Mac Jones had a decent season under him, so no excuses for Derek Carr because Mac Jones is a rookie. But what I'm saying is that Derek Carr being in Gruden's system for three, three and a half years, now has to pick up another system. Now he should be used to it by now with the way his career has gone. But with Joshua Daniels' complex system and offense, it, Derek Carr may be taking a little longer to process. Now that's not an excuse. That's just the reality of it and maybe the reason why he's holding on to the ball a little longer other than trying to make a play downfield. Again, I'm not saying this as an excuse. I'm giving this as a reason why you're seeing – Derek Carr mm -hmm. maybe hold on to the ball and have more than 2.5 seconds in the pocket to throw. It's because he's still having issues with processing. That also leans into issues with ball placement, issues with accuracy. All of those things are connected. They're not separate aspects of his game. All of that stuff is connected. So this is why you're probably seeing some of the struggles from him in the pocket. Right. And I, and, and I agree with you. I don't think you're making an excuse. I know some fans are going to hear this and they're going to, oh, he's making excuses again. And I understand it. If you don't want to open your ears and listen, then I can't make you. But but I get what you're saying, Mo. Uh, but you look at the situation, and and then you just wonder if if and again, mentally, and the Raiders. You know, is he? Is it possible anymore? Is is he uh, is he able to elevate his game to a level? The guy's a gifted athlete. There's no question. But can he elevate his game? And more importantly as you saw Kyler Murray do on, I'm sorry, a bad Cardinals team. 
He <laughs> elevated his whole team. He said, yeah. guys, come on my little shoulders, <laughs> right? And I'm going to take you or his feet, okay? And, and he did. And so that's where I'm wondering for the first time I have serious doubts and God, God help him. Hope he proves me wrong. I have serious doubts whether he can do it. And then I hear a lot of fans, well, the offensive line sucks. But I looked at those numbers, too. When Derek Carr is kept clean, if you don't know what that term means, that means he's got a clean pocket, nobody touches him, he's not under pressure. He's 18-31 for 210 yards with three interceptions, 43 rank. When he's under pressure, he's actually better at 49.5. When he's not blitzed, Actually, he's got the most he's had the most completions. He's four of eight, fifty percent when he's blitzed. So, so it's not a, a matter of a rush and that he's just so manic that he's got to throw the ball and he's making bad choices. As bad as the offensive line has been in moments, he's actually been pretty clean and had a clean pocket. He had a clean pocket most of the night against the Cardinals. And so, to your point about getting used to a new system and familiarity and all that stuff. When does that end? When do you, when does a guy transcend his challenges and take that team on his shoulders and go to the next step? That's all to Derek Carr. Uh, but <laughs> I, I, I will I will say this, and I think a lot of fans are frustrated with Derek Carr partially because they saw what Kyler Murray can do, right? Kyler Murray yeah, not a fair comparison, a, right? Kyler Murray could take an eighty-five year old AJ Green, Greg Dorch. <laughs> And Marquise Brown, who underwhelmed with the Baltimore Ravens and turned that team into a legitimate playoff contender. You put Derek Carr on that squad, I'm not sh- he can't do what Kyler Murray can do. Right. Now, I think the, the faulty thinking is to think that Derek Carr can be that eventually. Derek Carr is never going to be a, a natural mover in the pocket. That's just not him. Can you work on him with that? Sure you can because we saw John Gruden do it. So to, your, to answer your question, you can work on certain aspects of Derek Carr's game but for the most part, he is what he is at this point in his career. And I'm going to piss off some Derek Carr supporters here by saying this, but I've always had him in that 11 to 13 quarterback range as far as ranking quarterbacks. This is why he's not regarded as a top 10 quarterback because he doesn't have the mobility that a Kyler, not necessarily Kyler Murray is an unfair comparison because he's one of a kind player, but he's not a mobile quarterback that can extend plays naturally. You kind of have to teach it to him. You got to have to work on it with him. Right. So he doesn't have he doesn't have that. And Derek Carr, as I've said in previous shows in previous years, he can give you a string of AA plus games, but he can also give you a string of CC plus D games. And he had one of his worst games already this season. Yeah. Now you want to say, oh, it's because of a new system. Well, Tua's got a first year head coach, new system, six touchdown passes thrown but, for Tyreek but- Hill and Jalen Waddle. Yeah, it's true. And 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 I think you're right. I think that is what it is. I think again, we've always said this too on the show that Derek Carr's a good quarterback. He's a good starting quarterback, yeah. but he's not a transcendent quarterback. And even what Tua did, that's not something he can do. Now, Derek Carr's had some great games where he's right. thrown for a million miles, right? He's he's had great great games, but I think too now he's over 30, and so that mobility's not going to get better. Right. You look at a Josh Allen, who's a bigger guy. You look at a Justin Herbert, who's a bigger guy and how they can move. Um, and and that's what you don't have. And so so to me, then it goes back to not a conspiracy theory, but something we discussed when Derek Carr signed his extension. And that was 
Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler gave them a nice, nice raise and a nice contract, but they can get out of it. They can, it's a no fault divorce after this season. And so could that be, even though everybody talked the talk and said, this is great. I have, I have now I know where I'm going to be and blah, blah, blah. The reality he doesn't, he got a bunch of money. Okay. And that's great for him and his family. I, I, I appreciate that. But could that pressure, not only with a new system, but the pressure of the contract and, hey, if I don't play well, I'm out of here and this is going to change. Could that also be a factor? I mean, I know we need to ask Derek Carr these questions, but he's not going to answer us, so I pose it to you. So here's where I'm going to defend Derek Carr and piss off the people that don't like him. Um, (laughs) Derek Carr, I mean, I don't think Derek Carr has faced any more pressure than he faced last year. He had, Derek Carr Mm, had to put that team on his back last year. John Gruden had to resign. Darren Waller hurt Henry Ruggs in a tragic accident that he caused. So there was a lot on him last year, and he was asked to be the leader of that football team, and he succeeded in doing that. Now, he didn't, they didn't win the Super Bowl or anything, but we developed a new level of respect for Derek Carr after last season after what he did, considering what he had around him. So he can handle, he can handle that pressure. Now it, it's just the physical things like you, and you said it, he's never going to be a Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, or Justin Herbert or Josh Allen. He, he's not a toolsy type of quarterback. Now he's got the physical athleticism, but he's not toolsy like those guys. So he's got some limitations. So what Raiders fans have been tweeting to me about is, they're looking around. They're seeing Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, Mar Jackson, uh, guys on the come up, and they're saying, "Why should we stick with Derek Carr, knowing he is what he is? When we can possibly get better, don't be afraid to improve. When we could take a chance on a Tuesday guy and possibly reach the next level, because we haven't been able to do that under Derek Carr. And the, and the problem every year we run into in the offseason is." If you got a quarterback who's good, who's a B-plus quarterback that you can get to the Super Bowl with, you don't move on from that player unless you see a clear upgrade or unless you see a player that, you know what, I can work on that guy and that guy can bring us to the next level. Unless you see that, then you stick with what you got, which is pretty good. Yeah, pretty good is fine. I don't think pretty good wins a conference championship or a Super Bowl. And so I would argue, I've always said that if Derek Carr had the perfect situation, he could. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I don't think there is a perfect situation. So maybe I'm arguing against myself, <laughs> but I just think that, look, you have to be a guy. It's not 1994. It's not Trent Dilfer's year in the NFL where he took a team to the playoffs and to the Super Bowl and won as a game manager. There's been a lot of game managers who've gotten there and done it, right? And, and they had teams around them, dominant defenses. If the Raiders had some amazingly dominant defense and had Aaron Donald and all these, th- then maybe you'd have a better shot of it. But I, I think that's what this whole contract structure was about. It's a feeling out period. And again, I don't blame Derek Carr. I know what he did last year under all that pressure, which was off-the-field tragedy your coach being ripped out from underneath you for stupid things that he did. Um, I get it. Like that is a remarkable leader of men in one way, 
But leading the men on the football field doesn't seem to be at the same level as he does in life. And at the end of the day, the most important thing in life is the other stuff, but he's getting paid to do the field stuff right now. And I think that's where people are feeling a little let down because they don't see necessarily, and again, we don't see it all. Look, from the outside, you don't see it all. But they don't see that next gear. It's like, hey, man, I like this little pickup truck. It's a four-gear pickup truck, and man, it's awesome. It always starts, and it goes, and it gets me where I need to. But I need that fifth gear to get past that truck, and it just doesn't get there. Yeah, when you're going up against teams with a Josh Allen, a Justin Herbert, a Patrick Mahomes, uh, you stand a better chance if you have a quarterback that can, you know, do all the, has all the intangibles, has the mm-hmm. tools, and all that matter. And Derek Carr is a little bit limited, but what I will say is that within the past five years or six years, we've seen Nick Foles win a Super Bowl. We've seen Jared Goff get there. We've seen Joe Burrow get there. A lot of people crown Joe Burrow a top five quarterback, which. I paused this offseason when a lot of people had Joe Burrow in the top five. Right now, Bengals are struggling at 0-2. Joe Burrow has yep. more interceptions than touchdowns. Yep. So what I will say is that if you build – when you have a quarterback like Derek Carr who's not elite, not a top five quarterback, you have to build a certain team around him, which means you got to have a strong offensive line, which they don't have. you got to have good weapons, which they do have. Now, right now, if I'm looking at the Raiders and saying, could this team reach the Super Bowl? I'm I'm probably saying no because offensive line is not strong enough. People say, well, what about the Bengals last year? You know, right? What about the Bengals last year, right? That's that's the, that's the main argument. What I will say about, about the Bengals is, number one, that's an anomaly. And you're seeing that right now. They're 0-2. Jo- Joe Burrow's still getting hit. They fixed their offensive line, supposedly. Joe Burrow's still getting, still getting hit. Yeah. So this is not something you want to hang your hand on saying, this is the example. That's not the example. That's the outlier. You never want to chase after the outlier because you're probably not going to get there. You're probably not going to replicate that. So when you have a Derek Carr, again, a B-plus quarterback who's not who's not necessarily a naturally mobile quarterback, doesn't have a huge, huge arm, but can get the ball downfield, you have to build accordingly, and I don't think the Raiders address their offensive line adequately. You and I have talked about this endlessly, Endless. and it's starting to show up a different spot. Now, we're not saying, as we said earlier in the show, we're not saying that the offensive line is terrible. It's okay for what, what they've been doing for right now, but with a Derek Carr, if he had an A-plus offensive line, you'll probably get a lot more out of him. Now, again, that's not an excuse because he should be able to deliver either way. If your quarterback is your quarterback and you're going to pay him a lot of money, he has to be able to overcome some things. But we know what Derek Carr is at this point. It's year nine. Derek Carr is not going to all of a sudden become a different quarterback in year nine, ten. It's just not going to happen. You know what he is. You know what his strengths are. You know what his weaknesses are. And you have to build your roster accordingly. Well, and 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 you're right. And, I, and again, I go back to the contract. Okay, this is a one-year thing. This is a one-year thing. Now, you just went out and signed a lot of guys for a lot of money. But... If you need to start over and go get a quarterback, um, they they might do that. I don't know. It all depends on the year plays out. We got a long way to go, as you mentioned. Sixteen more weeks, right? Technically, uh, of the season, fifteen more games for the Raiders, and uh, we'll see how it all plays out. But I'll tell you, my my confidence in the quarterback is a little bit shaken. I want to see how they respond to this this bad start going on the road at Tennessee. And sometimes going on the road is actually what you need. You get away from a little bit of the the buzz and 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 the home stuff and all the the girlfriends, the wives, the kids, all that, and you get on the road with just the guys, 
and maybe you gel together and you find it and see how what they do in practice. So it's going to be interesting what happens, Mo. Hey, Mo, we are going to get back together tomorrow. We get to do mailbag. We didn't do a mailbag last week. You and I, our schedules were just too jacked up to get that done. So we got some good questions. We're going to focus on three great questions we got on so we can go a little bit deeper on them. But always a fun time on a Wednesday when it's Raider Nation mailbag. Really quick, you mentioned going to road and just being with the guys and getting away from the family and the girlfriend. It sounds like Tom Brady maybe needs you know, a long road trip. Maybe you think that just, I, I that think just popped the, in my head. I think it's the opposite. I think he he needs to. I think she's going to say, "Hey, okay, you got this year, and if you don't retire, I'm out of here, and I'm taking half. I'm taking half, and that's a lot." So yeah, that's a strange situation, but but I get it. You know, at some point, it's like you want your husband around for your kids, but at the same time, you also married into what you married into. So you went in with your eyes fully wide open, but we don't know what was said in between. It's amazing that the soap opera drama has come over to the NFL. Just Yeah, it's, the NFL is the best running soap opera drama show <laughs> running right now. So It is, absolutely. Uh, but, Mo, okay, we'll talk to you tomorrow, my man, for the mailbag. And then on Thursday, we're going to dive deep on looking forward, as we always do on Thursday. Uh, on the Tennessee Titans, so we'll break that down a little bit. We'll also update you on any Raiders roster news, if they make any changes. Also, injuries. We didn't talk about any of the injuries today as we were looking back, but looking forward on Thursday, we'll talk about those as well. My friend, I will talk to you tomorrow as we open up the mail. Absolutely, and there'll be gut check time coming up this week against the Titans, so look out for be. that. All right. Uh, for Momo, and I'm Scott Colbrans, and this has been Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast. Make sure you subscribe wherever you're listening or watching us. We appreciate it, Raider Nation. Take a deep breath. There's another game coming up on Sunday. Let's see if the Raiders can get off the schneid and get their first win of the season. For everybody here, have a great week. We'll talk to you tomorrow on the mailbag. We'll talk to you Thursday on our Thursday edition. And make sure you follow Mo on Twitter at M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. And I am at L-V-Gully. Take care, Raider Nation. We'll talk to you next time.